Welcome to The Sleep Sessions. I'm your host, Dara Whitaker. This podcast is a place for women to share their successes and challenges of adapting to life and sleep after a new baby. Whether you're expecting your first or a mother of five, you can listen in weekly to learn, feel supported, and celebrate each other's unique experiences. Today, we'll hear from Chris about having a second baby, co-sleeping, and building a strong support system. Hi, Chris. Thanks so much for sharing your story with me today. Can you start by telling me a little bit about you and your family? Sure. So my family consists of myself and my husband, and I have uh, my daughter who's going to be three in May, and then my son who just turned six months. Awesome. Is there anything listeners should know about your birth story? My son's birth was a lot easier. I don't know. I mean, I assume some of that's because it's the second time around and they say that it's you know easier since your body knows what to do. Um, so my birth story was pretty, pretty easy. Um, but my postpartum story was really um, sort of different in that with my daughter, I had a fairly typical postpartum, you know, got a little bit of the baby blues, but very normal and just sort of went through the the postpartum healing process. But with my son, I got pretty significant postpartum depression, which I was not quite expecting given that I hadn't had that experience with my daughter. I mean, I've had experience with depression before, so um, it wasn't totally out of left field, but just because things went so smoothly with my daughter, I was not expecting it with him. And it was pretty easy to identify. I mean, <laughs> there there was no question when I got to the point, I was about three to four weeks postpartum and I could literally not have a conversation with anyone without just breaking down, crying, no matter what I was talking about. I, I was just such a raw bundle of nerves that even recognizing that sleep deprivation was playing into it. Like I knew it was more than just that. Um, but I was lucky enough having had previous experience with depression that I sort of had a framework and I had resources in place. So like I immediately texted my therapist and set up an appointment, got on a low level of Zoloft. And I think even just being able to recognize like, whoa, like this is not just baby blues. This is not just sleep deprivation. Like this is something more, um, being able to just recognize it made it a little bit easier to deal with rather than just feeling like, oh my God, this is life. <laughs> yeah. It's almost a blessing that you didn't have it the first time around. So you knew the second time around when this was happening, like, okay, this is not right. Something's wrong here. And then you are able to get that help right away. Yeah, definitely. Cause like, I remember with, after my daughter was born, you know, like your hormones changed dramatically because so much is happening in your body. And you know, I remember watching TV and I'd see it, you know, uh, a sweet commercial and I would start crying or I would be looking at her and I would start crying or whatever. Yeah. But it was it was sort of that normal, like my hormones are in flux and I'm just a little bit more sensitive where with my son, it was like I was having a little bit of postpartum anxiety. Like even when I was exhausted, I had a really hard time going to sleep and shutting my mind off and started like, you know, playing out like worst case scenario um, stuff in my head and started getting like really mama bear and having a lot of irrational fear around the kids and things like that. And so I just knew I'm like, this is like, this is more than 
I'm tired and hormonal. This is like, I need, I need some help here. (laughs) Yeah. Did the medication that you were taking and the therapist help right away? Yeah. I mean, you know, it took a couple of weeks for everything to fully kick in, but um, I responded really quickly to uh, the Zoloft and um, yeah, it's within a couple of weeks, I was feeling much more normal and uh, even keel um, and things felt a, a lot more manageable. So I feel really grateful for that. Good. Once you were able to sort through all of that, how did things go with your son? So he had a pretty typical fourth trimester in that, you know, he wanted to be on us all the time. He wanted to be close, um, to sleep on us. He was not a big fan of sleeping, laying down, um, which of course is (laughs) complicated. Um, so my daughter had been somewhat similar. So we were a little bit, uh, prepared for that in that it wasn't like, why won't you lay down? Um, but it was definitely, you know, it's hard when you're juggling that. Um, we had sort of the mixed blessing of I had complications with breastfeeding. So we had to start formula supplementing really early. And we knew that from my daughter. But it also gave us the flexibility of my husband being able to pitch in more. And it wasn't just so dependent on me for being up with him and feeding him, which was helpful. Uh, but yeah, it was hard and we ended up trying some things with him that we didn't do with my daughter. Um, it was actually recommended to me by a nurse after talking to her about just what a hard time I was having getting some actual vertical sleep or horizontal sleep because he wanted to be held constantly. And she recommended us trying co-sleeping, which we didn't do with my daughter at all. And I was a little nervous about because um, I didn't want it to become a slippery slope where like he would only sleep in our bed or something like that. But she suggested just trying it as an aid to help him get used to laying down and sleeping and then transition him into the bassinet from there. And it actually was really helpful. And then it gave me the opportunity to, you know, lay down and sleep. (laughs) Um, Oh, that. Exactly. And it, it ended up working really well, which was great because we were getting to a point where one of us was constantly upright at night um, with him was laying he... on us. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, um, was he not able to sleep horizontally due to like um, digestive issues? Did he have reflux or anything like that? Or he just wanted to be held? Nope. He just wanted to be held and he wanted to sleep on our chest. There were no like factors playing into it other than that was his preference. (laughs) He just liked to snuggle. He just wanted to snuggle. And, (laughs) you know, it's one of those things where even right now, you know, he's six months old, but he's in daycare part time. So we've been going through the process of germ exposure and him being repeatedly sick. Um, And so when he's sick, you know, it messes up his sleep and he's congested. And I have moments where I'm like, oh, let's get this back on track. But also remembering with my daughter, like I remember my husband saying something when my daughter was maybe like somewhere between six to eight months old. And he asked me one day, when's the last time Miriam slept on you? 
And I was thinking, I'm like, I don't know, it's been a few weeks. And, you know, before you know it, like that phase is over. And so for as annoying as it can be at times when you're like, why won't you just lay down? I'm like, I know that this time period's coming to an end. And like, he's going to be, he's our last baby. So I'm like, I know that this is not ideal, but I also know it's going to be gone soon. So I'm just going to soak it up while I can. Cause those little baby snuggles when they nuzzle into your neck and they're just so cozy. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's so precious. And so even in the moment when I'm like, just lay down and go to sleep. I'm like, no, you can go ahead and nuzzle a little bit more. Cause I don't know if this will be the last time. <laughs> right. So I had my first baby about nine months ago and you know, I was very focused on getting her to sleep independently. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, didn't really let her sleep on me that much. I mean, the first couple of weeks, yes, you kind of have to, um, because they just fall asleep on you anyway. But after that, I was so adamant about having her sleep in her crib Mm -hmm. that I missed out on a lot of that. And I'm almost regretting, like, not snuggling more. And it's a little bit sad. Honestly. So I totally get what you're saying. How is um, your son doing now? Well, illness aside, his sleep is, is, is getting like better. Um, My daughter was a really, really easy sleeper. So we kind of went into this expecting things not to be as easy because she was too easy. Like it was ridiculous. What a great sleeper she was off the bat and so we went into this knowing like okay it's probably not going to be a repeat of that and that's okay (laughs) (laughs) um and Ari is he's not a terrible sleeper um but just you know them being so tiny and when they get colds they get so congested Mm -hmm. and so we've had a lot of disrupted sleep because he has like he's right now he's on his fourth cold of the winter. So, um, you know, he's congested, he wakes himself up coughing, but thankfully he goes back to sleep easily. So it's not like we're up for extended periods of time. Like we get up, we soothe him a little bit. Maybe we need to retrieve his pacifier or whatever. And he goes back to sleep pretty quickly, which is great. Um, and they, they mentioned to us at daycare that they can always tell what kids have older siblings because in terms of naps, Like he can sleep anywhere under any circumstances with any amount of noise because he's got a toddler, older sister. (laughs) So half the time, you know, his sleep during the day, he's on a pretty good schedule, but in terms of where it's happening and the noise level under which it's happening varies depending on what we're doing and what my daughter's up to. And he is just a champ. He can fall asleep, you know, in my arms, being worn at the grocery store, at Target, and part of it's the age. Like, I know soon he's going to get a little bit older and he's going to need more structure around his naps. But just he's still young enough that, you know, he'll just pass out anywhere. So that's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's great because my daughter still naps, which is also great. But I know soon he's starting to lose his, his morning nap more and more and I'm like all right soon we're going to be in a two nap schedule and when it gets solidified like that like my days are just going to be naps because <laughs> he'll nap and then my daughter will nap and then he'll nap again and we will never leave the house 
<laughs> yeah, you'll be in nap jail. Yeah, so I'm I'm gearing up for that and enjoying the flexibility now while he's still flexible with his sleep locale. <laughs> That's awesome. But I think part of the part of it is with my daughter, I was like really focused on trying different sleep methods and even though she responded easily, like I just I feel like as a culture, like our our generation of parenting, like everyone is sleep obsessed. Like you know, the first question out of people's mouths is, How's your baby sleeping? How is sleep? How's that going? And I feel like it's such a focal point that it makes you feel it makes a lot of people feel like you're doing something wrong or that your baby should be doing something a certain way because someone else's baby is, or because this method said they should be. Um, and whenever I start to feel overwhelmed, especially since Ari isn't as good of a sleeper as my daughter was, I just remind myself like, He's only six months old. He has not even been out of my body as long as he was in it. So I can't expect him to have acclimated to our way of life this soon. Like that's just, that's not realistic. It's not feasible. And while it's difficult for sure um, to have such disrupted sleep on a regular basis, like, you know, he's figuring it out. I'm figuring it out. And the thing I've been reassured by so many people that I know and that I work with who are older and have like older parents and have kids that are more grown is we'll figure it out. Like we'll figure out what works for our family and like, he'll get there when he gets there. And so even though it can be exhausting in the moment, it just provides me with that level of comfort. That's like, we're not doing anything wrong. Like we're going to get, he'll he'll get into his rhythm when he finds it and it's going to be okay because i think especially when you're talking to so many other moms and parents in the same life stage it's really easy to get kind of competitive and to feel like well that baby is doing this and should my baby be doing that and is this normal or how do i get them to do that and it's like just like us they're individuals and like they'll get there when they get there and i think just coming to that realization has made me relax a lot more. Um, Because at first it was hard. Both of my brothers had babies this summer and it's their first, but like we have three babies within a two month range of each other growing up alongside each other right now. And so since they're all in the same stage and we're like constantly texting each other and updating each other, um, like we started to get a little bit competitive around, you know, so-and-so sleeping through the night oh my gosh, I can't believe that they got a full night's sleep. Like, when are we going to get a full night's sleep? Or this baby's doing this. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just nice to remind yourself and to give yourself a little bit of grace and to give your baby a little bit of grace that it's like, it's not a race. Everybody gets there. <laughs> Everybody learns to sleep at some point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everyone sleeps eventually. Um, and it's just not worth all the pressure that you no. put on yourself. Oh, it just makes it even more exhausting. Yeah. It's really hard. Um, I know. I had my baby around the same time that a bunch of my friends did. And on one hand, it was really nice having them to kind of like bounce questions off of or talk about our experiences. But on the other hand, 
you know, if your baby wasn't doing what their baby was doing, then you kind of doubted yourself. Mm -hmm. But you're not always getting the full picture. You don't know what they did to get their baby to do that. Maybe they, you know, maybe they opted to do sleep training and maybe you didn't. Maybe they were co-sleeping. Maybe your baby was sleeping in a crib. It's just so different. And it's just apples to oranges. You can't compare. Exactly. Totally right. Yeah. Um, Well, has having a baby um, had any impact on any relationships with your family, maybe your brothers, since you guys had your babies around the same time or your husband or friends or family? Um, Well, the biggest change for us was that I had two baby crazy sister-in-laws and brothers before, which meant that with my daughter, we had endless free babysitting. (laughs) (laughs) And now that everybody has their own babies to tend to, and nobody wants to take care of two children under the age of three for free. (laughs) um, That has drastically changed. Like it used to be really easy for us to find someone to watch the kids or watch Miriam when we needed to go somewhere or do something. And now we actually like have a real babysitter and have to plan for these things and pay them. Yeah. Um, Babysitters are expensive. They are expensive (laughs) and finding someone that you trust and that can deal with both of your kids. And you know, when your kid gets older and has more opinions about who was taking care of them, like my daughter. Yeah. So we finally, thankfully we have a babysitter that we really like and she's wonderful. And both of our kids like her a lot, which makes it easier. But that was a big adjustment because it was, went from, like people fighting over who got to watch Miriam to like scrambling to try to find people to babysit. So my husband and I have like definitely spent less time together than we did the first time around in terms of dates and alone time. Um, So that's harder, you know, I mean, it's, you know, adjusting to becoming a family with a child is, is a transition for a marriage anyway. Um, So not having quite as much time for each other is difficult, but we're getting into more of a groove now that the kids are a little bit older and we do have a babysitter in place. Like we went on a date this weekend and, um, and now that Ari has moved into his, we had to move him out of the bassinet early because he's really long. And so he just outgrew it really fast. (laughs) Um, So we moved him into his crib in his own bedroom earlier than we did with my daughter, but just to be able to do things like sit in bed at night and talk at a normal volume and <laughs> things like that, because he's not in the same room as us. Like that's, it's definitely helping make things feel more normal. Yeah. Um, that's definitely a game changer when you move the baby into their own room. Cause you just get a little bit of normalcy back. Yes. You know, my husband likes to read before bed. And so he was like using one of those little clip lights on the edge of the book and then we would create this little like barrier of pillows on the edge of the bed to block the light from shining onto the halo bassinet and like we did all these things to try to keep it dark in there and then you're whispering and it's just it's kind of absurd so <laughs> yeah parenthood yeah. makes you get really creative oh yes for sure do you have any tips or anything else you want to share or any resources that really helped you throughout your journey Um, I think the biggest one for me is, you know, the big joke of being, becoming a a mom, especially is like me time is, you know, a thing of the past. And it's really hard to just like prioritize yourself and to take care of yourself and to find, 
um, things that are affirming as a mom. Cause I feel like so much stuff that's out there just makes you question yourself and doubt yourself. And one of the things that really surprised me, especially in online communities is like moms can be so mean to each other. You think it would create more compassion and grace, but really just people get so like my way is the right way or you're doing things wrong. And there's this incredible online community called Mama Strong. It's M-O-M-M-A-S-T-R-O-N-G. And it's run by this woman where it's technically like a workout program. And there's a new workout that's posted every day. And then she has all these additional hacks that are like five minutes. Um, But it's not about like losing the baby weight and that sort of thing. It's about being strong and being able to show up for your family. And she puts a big focus on healing um, diastasis recti. So like the separation that happens in your abs when you're pregnant, what happens for a lot of people. The community is amazing. The workouts are really affirming. Everyone's so positive and uplifting. She even has a workout section that you can start as soon as your baby's born. And they're not workouts. They're just sort of like little five and 10 minute pep talks to help you through those first few weeks and some gentle movements to help you with the strain of like breastfeeding and physically holding a baby and things like that. And it's just, I love it. I've been doing it since my daughter was born and I'm not always great about actually doing the workouts, but just the community, they have a Facebook group and it's only $5 a month to have access to it. And I just love these women and they have been a lifeline to me through both pregnancies, both births and postpartum. And just every time I interact with that community, I just feel a little bit more energized and a little bit better. And it really helps me prioritize taking care of myself, which as you know, being a mom, like it just gets hard because there's so much to do all the time. You're just pulled in so many different directions. Yeah. How do you hear about this group? Uh, I actually heard about it right after my daughter was born. NPR ran a story about like exercise classes in LA that were focused on postpartum moms and like trying to heal your abs and things like that after baby. And someone in the comments posted about Mama Strong, that it was an online thing and how affordable it was and how great the community was. So I checked it out and immediately fell in love with the group and have been a member ever since. And yeah, it's just, I love that. Like, it's not about your body looking a certain way or losing weight. It's about like being strong, feeling physically capable, um, being able to take care of yourself and having resilience. And yeah, it's just a wonderful community. Oh, and I think one more thing that was really helpful. Like when I had my daughter, I didn't have friends with kids and like people in my family didn't have kids either so all of a sudden I felt really isolated especially when you're on maternity leave like once you get into the groove of things a little bit more and you're like I'm all alone all the time everyone's at work (laughs) um it can be really hard if you don't have much of a community or a village um and so there's an app called peanut and it's basically tinder for moms (laughs) where you create an online profile and it helps you find other moms in your area with kids that are around the same age 
And you literally like swipe left and swipe right, just like you're on a dating app to find people that you're interested in. But you can chat with people and arrange meetups and go on mommy dates and set up play dates. And I've met some really awesome people through that. And so, yeah, especially for people who don't have a huge village, if you're trying to sort of build that up, it's a really great resource because if you're up for that 2 a.m. feeding and you're just like feeling overwhelmed or alone, you can pop on there and read people's profiles and you will probably get messages back instantly because they are also up for that 2 a.m. feeding. I was just going to say that it seems like all moms are up at that 2 a.m. time frame, right? <laughs> I've actually gotten some, I think I've seen some ads for Peanut, I think on like Instagram or Facebook. And it seems like a really great idea. I was always a little skeptical. So I'm really happy to hear that you've had a good experience with it. Yeah, it's really great. Like it was new when my daughter was born. So there weren't a ton of people on it. But now like there's just tons of active people. So there's lots of people to meet um, at all different stages of momhood. But it, I'd say that it seems like the most people on there are people that have kids probably between the ages of like newborn to five, which is nice. For sure. Is there anything else that you wanted to share or um, any tips that you have? I guess my biggest tip is just like try not to stress out about what other people are doing and do what works for your family because everyone's different. And I found that that's what works best for us is like we were very resistant to the idea of doing any co-sleeping and that sort of stuff. And then, you know what? It, it's just a tool. Everything's just a tool to help you figure out how to get to that next step. So be gentle with yourself. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening in. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us on Instagram at at the sleep sessions.